Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Botox Cosmetic, Adobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. Ho, ho, ho. Yes, it's it's what would have been the, the, the Christmas episode. Uh, we were looking forward to bringing you Boxing Day. Unfortunately, that game got cancelled. A few games have got cancelled, but finally we got one underway. Uh, Watford versus West Ham. A lot was being talked about this game because, of course, West Ham were coming into this one off the back of playing quite a few in a short space of time. Watford without a game for a couple of weeks. Didn't quite go the way that everyone thought it might, though. Um, guys, welcome back to the pub. We've got both Jordan and Tom here uh, this this evening, this afternoon, wherever you're listening from. And uh, well, first of all, guys, how how's your Christmases been? Have you had good Christmases? Yeah, excellent, mate. But unfortunately, this game has just put um, <laughs> it's put a damper on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, great Christmas, thanks, Matt. How about yourself? Yeah, very good for me. Very good for me. Enjoyed getting to see the family after you know we couldn't manage to do it last year. How about yourself, Tom? Good one. Yeah, very pleasant. Thank you, mate. Um, probably improved actually by the lack of Watford football until today. So, and and, and yeah. in a, a very similar theme, you say we're glad we got this one on, but I think after watching it, I think we'd all quite happily have scrubbed that one from the memory and never have had it. But hey ho. Well, I started off by saying it was going to be uh, a, an interesting one because of those two dynamics one team having a lot of football, one team barely kicking a ball. Um, Jordan, I mean, I'm, I'm not putting it all down to that one factor, but from do you think that played into it? I mean, yeah, there was a big difference. I'm sure it had an element. Um, I'm sure there's an element of that in there. But I mean, if you were looking at Watford, you'd say that we should be fresh. Um, I know there's talk of us not training for a number of a number of days. But I mean, it's a it's, it's a team of professional players. They've had you know a lot of training in their career. It's not. I know it's about kind of being sharp and match ready. But the, the the fact is, in terms of getting out there and and performing, whilst it does help and does have an impact, you should be able to expect a better performance and and not put it down to just um, lack of training. Uh, or lack of playing in, in in recent weeks. As for West Ham, I mean, they kind of they were pretty good from the beginning, weren't they? I don't think it really showed too much. They had played a lot of games. There's, there's some rotation in their lineup there, but um, in, in terms of the two teams, we started relatively well. But after the goal went in, it was all very much um, very much West Ham. We were off the pace, and we were not at all where we'd want to be, and not at all the sort of team we'd like to or to somewhat almost come to expect from uh, from Manieri at this point. Not a bad early start though, Tom, was it? I mean, you know, great finish from Dennis and. You know, re- reminding us, so I think, fresh in the memory that he's, uh, he's not going to be with us for uh, a short period in the uh, as he's been selected for Nigeria for the AFCON. Yeah, exactly. A bit of a kind of tease almost, wasn't it? That, yeah, this is what you're going to miss <laughs> for the next few weeks. Um, I'm not quite sure on the rules, I must admit, but am I, am I right in thinking that they could be called up any time from 
the after the Boxing Day game. So I'm assuming he will be gone pr- pretty imminently now. Um, they said on commentary several times, certainly on Amazon in, in the UK, you know, well, Watford scored the goal when the game hadn't settled down and, and into its pattern or routine or anything. And fair enough. But from from that point on, what was depressing was that we just never got into a pattern or routine. And you, you would think that that would give you confidence and, and whatnot and impetus to to take really take control of the game. But it just it just went the opposite way entirely. And I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah, it was just amazing how badly a goal kind of going ahead can affect you, seemingly. Yeah, they never looked comfortable after taking the lead, did they, Watford? What 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 was the what was the major issue there, Jordan? It seemed like the the midfield just couldn't get hold of it. Yeah, I mean that we've got to we've got a different midfield setup than than what we've kind of what we've been expecting, what we've been seeing recently in terms of the three that were deployed. Um, I thought missing loser was a big it was a big miss from us from the start. Um, he's added added a nice element of balance there, and it's helped us kind of retain the ball a little bit and be a bit smarter in possession. Um, but I think for me the main difference is we've we've seen we've seen seen two versions of um, of this Ranieri team. We've seen the game against Liverpool where we're off the ball. Um, we're sitting a little bit deeper. We're not being as aggressive in in terms of pressing the opponent. Um, we're not attacking that space as much, and it, it does does create a very different looking team. And I think personally, I think and I think most Watford fans will feel the same. It's a much less effective team. Um, we make it too easy for the opposition in that way, but also so much of our attack comes from our ability to turn the ball over in dangerous positions. And I think today we saw that passive team again, which is a shame because in, in the performances against Chelsea and Man City, and obviously Man United, we won, but. Um, City and Chelsea against two good teams. I thought we showed how how effective and how dangerous we can be. We can still be in the game. We can we can be behind, but we've still got a threat. And I think when you have a defence which is questionable, a back line which is, has a lot of issues, um, I think it's important to have a, a manner of compensating for that. But as things were today, um, when we play in a manner which is so so lax and so passive, I think we just struggled to be competitive. Um, we have to kind of find a way to play beyond our means and that was a way that seemed to be relatively effective. Whether that was a change in approach from the manager, whether that was execution from the players, it's hard to say. Um, you could argue a bit of both. I mean, after after we did score, oh, sorry, after the um, West Ham goal was disallowed, I thought we saw a, quite a bit of a change in in, uh, in approach and kind of application from the players. So you, you have to wonder if it's a bit of both there, not just one or the other. But um, certainly it, it's not a, a cohesive and effective way for us to play because we just get picked apart and we do not pose enough threat when we're playing in that manner either. So it, it's disappointing, honestly. What was your view, John? John? John. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us, John. Um... <laughs> I, I meant Tom, but it just came out John. I, I know. sort of stuttered there. I know I you like... meant me, but it was you, just you, funny. you barely <laughs> ever hear me. We can't even remember your name at this point. That's true, yeah, exactly. Go I on, John. That. When was the last time it was actually the three of us? Um, <laughs> I fair made the most of my opportunity. Um, <laughs> do you know what? The, the, thing, the thing for me was, all of what Jordan said just then makes perfect sense. To completely agree with it all. And and you could see on at least two occasions, I'm sure there were more, where the execution of the plan didn't work, or the execution of the opportunities is probably the better word, didn't work. So there was one opportunity in the first half where Dennis, uh, probably quite memorably, tried to do some weird bit of skill in the left-back position, lost it, won it back, went down the left, and then all he had, all he had to do, I say it as if I could do it, was slide, I think it was Josh King in down the left-hand side, and he had, you know, had a good position that he could have driven kind of into the box from and he just undercooked the pass horribly and you just think 
those are the opportunities. You know, where we're in that kind of middle third, and you now you need to release the ball and play the the, the the smart pass. And there was another one. I can't remember who the culprit was on this occasion, and it was over to the someone on the right hand side. It was it was a technically kind of more difficult pass. There were more bodies between the intended recipient and and the player on the ball, but it was a similar sort of thing. We just thought, oh, you know, if we were at it and if we were confident and playing well, that pass would be made and the opportunity would be there. And as Jordan said, you know, trying to turn the ball over at dangerous points or, or get the ball into the final third at dangerous points, it relies on those moments going to plan and it just it just didn't happen. And I think between those opportunities, there was a, just a lot of aimless lumping it up and not winning the second balls um, or making it stick at any point. And, and, you know, that just gave the ball back to West Ham and they're an infinitely better football team than us, so they punished us. Well, and that's that's exactly the point we're kind of trying to make there too. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a defensive and o- offensive um, issue. If you're not turning the ball over in those areas, which we've come to see as being the most effective way of us playing, um, if you're not being aggressive, if you're not winning that ball back in midfield, then you're asking your players to start attaching deeper. And we do lack some quality in that sense. So... You're then asking players like Adam Masson to start slipping the ball in down the channel, um, which he's not been adept at in his time here. And, you know, certain certain aspects of players' game we're not comfortable in. They've suddenly got to be a little bit more progressive in that. And we're not quite good enough to do so. And I think finding finding a way to kind of change our approach, which we had done, um, looking for ways to turn over that ball. We've got such a such a powerful um, a, a powerful front three in terms of how they play on and off the ball. If you can use them to to build the attack from defence, why wouldn't we? Um, we look so much better for doing that. And also the midfield that we have at our disposal is also suited to doing so. Um, you, you, whilst Sissoko can carry the ball, that's a good threat from him. He can run with the ball, he can carry the ball, he can progress it that way. If you look at him and Kuchka, they're not really going to be split in defences with their passing. You've got a little bit more of that from Tufan and, and Loser, but you're still asking a lot of these players, and it's it's the same sort of situation you say there. You win the ball back deep, then we've got to start an attack from deep, and it just falls apart too quickly. We have to start our attacks higher up the pitch, um, and we were able to do that. It's a shame we haven't seen more of that today. That was Tufan's first start for a little while, wasn't it, Jordan? Yeah, it was, and unfortunately, it was a, it was a really poor poor performance. Um I do think Tufan has signed to offer. I, I genuinely do, but I just think he didn't seem to have any. That if you put Tufan in that team, you'd expect there to be some sort of you know specific role he'll be operating in. If you're looking to get him on the ball a little bit more, or maybe want to try and retain possession, but if he's not going to be doing that job, then it, it's just kind of a wasted position for him. He's not really. I'm, I'm struggling to work out what kind of a midfielder he is. I know he arrived to have a lot of fanfare. Yeah, but um, he, he hasn't really lived up to that yet. No, and I think that's uh, you know I think in some ways it's um fortunate for him he's someone that's wants to be in a team with a little bit more possession he's not someone that's going to be harrying off the ball as much he can be physical he can defend but he's someone that plays with a little bit more space and he looks to you know looks to play his midfielders in and, and play his forwards in as well he has got a good strike of the ball he can he can play he's a he is a good player but um he's not quite up to the kind of off the ball work rate you'd, you'd expect from Ranieri um obviously he was brought in without Ranieri in mind but um, this is maybe one of the problems, we, one of the issues we discuss quite heavily, and we've, you know, on the multiple multiple occasions where we do recruit talent rather than fit a lot of the time. And whilst he, you know, has some good value, um, it, it's debatable as to whether he kind of fits this this midfield. Whereas someone like Loser, I think, does, um, and you can see the difference in terms of how the two have been performing when they've been called upon. Uh, but today, today was a poor one from uh, from Tufan, and also I think um, obviously we'll get on to the kind of more finer details of the performances. But I think you can look at Kuchka as well there and say that uh, today was not um, his best performance. The midfield kind of struggled a little bit. I thought. Yeah, it was um, it was a poor showing from the midfield in 
in general, even Sissoko, actually, I think Sissoko was, was guilty of not tracking back um, the, the players that, that were ending up getting the final shots for West Ham. It seemed like on a few occasions that Sissoko was, was the man that perhaps was guilty of letting them letting them go a bit, Jordan. Was it just me seeing that? Yeah, well, Suchek's goal, I think, was a prime example of that. He kind of, he's in the right position, but he's... Um... He's just not quite playing at the same pace as Suchek, and as soon as Suchek makes that run, he's kind of half walking and just doesn't, just isn't switched on enough. Which I know is a easy criticism to make, but his role is a little bit different. I think we've seen Sissoko play a little bit more advanced and allow himself to carry the ball at the pitch, but for large portions of the game today, he was a, he was a deepest midfielder, um, and I don't think he's, I don't think Sissoko's strength is to be that kind of breaker of the lines in midfield. I think he's more someone you want to play a little bit further up and be a little bit more in the face of the opposition. And he, he's rangy enough and he's he's athletic enough that he can get across and he can make those interceptions. But um, I think when it comes to kind of really commanding that edge of the box position, he's always going to be a little bit higher up than you want. Um, and he just didn't quite get there. And it did it did affect us on a couple of occasions. And, you know, that's another thing too. When we're talking about playing that more pressive, aggressive game, you maybe aren't relying so much on that deep midfielder to be that defensive player. You can you can subsidise that with having those kind of more forward-playing midfielders that are able to win that ball back over. And it, it was just something that just didn't quite work for us. And I think uh, that's what was confusing to me about today. It wasn't just the shape, uh, sorry, it wasn't just the approach or the, or the uh, execution from the players. There was definitely a, a, a real shift in how he approached the game. I'm just struggling to really kind of see um, what we're trying to do. I'd love to actually be able to have a conversation and find out what we, what the actual plan was today because it wasn't it wasn't effective. Actually, that's one of the things that the the, the commentary scene said today. Uh, I was also watching it on on the, on the TV, Tom, and they they said that uh, I think it was Lee Dixon actually. I'm, I'm not particularly fond of, but he, I think he got it spot on when he said it looked like West Ham had a, had a definite plan and and Watford just didn't seem to to have an idea yeah, of what they wanted to do. And, it, and it really the other felt thing like you picked that. up on which was evident time and time again was Emmanuel Dennis's poor delivery you know got into good positions isolated the fullback beat the fullback whatever and then Mm. you know the cross was terrible or more often than not if the cross whether it's Dennis or anyone else was any good we were just putting crosses in aimlessly and there was no or there was nobody there you know the refusal to commit men forward to support King Dennis and Cucho and, and Pedro when he came on was was absolutely ridiculous and uh, you know we never looked like scoring from those opportunities so if that was the plan if that was the game plan to get wide and and sling crosses in then it was you know it was misguided and we should have tried something different because it was absolutely painfully apparent we weren't going to get anywhere with that I just wanted to check back as always always uh, I don't want to answer the question I was asked I just want to say on the goals each and every one of them basically apart from with the the penalty (laughs) You know, it's the same sort of thing. There were multiple West Ham players lining up. So if it wasn't Suchek, Ben Rama, or Vlasic who got the goals, the first, second, and fourth goals, somebody else was there. You know, particularly on the second one, there was about three or four of them in, in good positions, just totally unmarked. And you just think, uh, and I'm going to come back to this point later, the, the Ranieri point. I'm sure we're going to discuss him a little bit. But you know, you could have the bloody love child of Guardiola and Mourinho, or Guardiola and name any other well-respected coach, if you can't teach men to pick up their men, players to pick up their men in the penalty area, then there's only so much you're ever going to be able to achieve because it's just the bloody basics. And all of those goals were soft as anything and avoidable. And that, as we said, it's a failing in all the areas of the team, in all the parts of the team today. But, 
you know you can get away with it if you can at least be organized and do the basics well and do the simple things well and you can you can grind out results you can grind out points but we're not even giving ourselves that opportunity with the way we're defending um it's yeah it's schoolboy stuff basically it's not just it, as you touched in the beginning there too. It's the, it's the way we're attacking as well, isn't it? Like the, this, the talk of getting Dennis into those positions, but he's not able to get the cross in. These these are things that we've seen before. We know there's going to be some limitations. They're not perfect players. Dennis is having a hell of a season, but he's he has got some limitations in that regard. But I think that's that this this team. I they just thrive off playing an offensive chaos. That's how you get them to be effective because they have pace, they have power. But there's going to be some inconsistency when it comes to the kind of finer details. So I think getting in position where they are creating a high number of opportunities, they're turning that ball over and they're kind of getting into some awkward positions because these are they're good athletes. They're able to beat their man and we're able to get into attacking positions. The problem is when we start trying to when we start trying to build our play and we start trying to kind of feed that ball down the channel and kind of start things a little bit more, a little bit more simplistically or to a little bit more of a pattern, we start to actually lose our effectiveness. I think they have to play in a little bit more of an improvised way. Um, or with a little bit more freedom, perhaps, when it comes to... You need to be in those situations where West Ham have... They've pushed a the fullback up, we've turned the ball over, and now we're hurt. Now we're countering with a little bit of an advantage. We have to find ways to make that advantage because player for player, we are going to come short when it comes to you know 11 versus 11. There are there are times that's going to happen. And we, we see it against Chelsea, we saw it against City. We can create opportunities against teams that are better than us, but we have to do it in a certain way. And when we start to get to this position, I, I, I'm not sure if we were maybe trying to kind of be a little bit more, a little bit more safe, um, and maybe not play so aggressively and take those risks. But I think it's a bigger risk to do so in the end. Um, and when it comes to defensive work, and, and as you say, getting numbers man to man and being in position to defend your own box, it was definitely an issue. And obviously, we'll get into some fine detail on the goals as they come up. But um, it, it wasn't good enough. And the, the second goal in particular, I thought was, um, well, sorry, not the second goal. I can't remember the, the goal, led to the penalty from Mark Noble. The third goal was it? That was. It's shambolic, yeah, yeah. So the third one was a was a foul from it deemed a foul from back. Yeah. Um, are we, what that, what goals have we discussed so far? Uh, probably we've only really touched on them. I think well, have we, have we covered everything. We haven't, dis- depth, haven't we no. discussed any of the goals. So. Yeah, let's just break four. Let's go through them. Let's go through them. Because to be honest, the second, the first, and second one, I I keep. I, th- I think the first thing we should say head. is that all all four goals are defendable. Um, yeah. In, in a sense, they could have been stopped. They're not defendable. <laughs> yeah. They are defendable. <laughs> I can't. I can't defend <laughs> against Watford's ability. I can tell you that they were all good goals that could have been defended better. I was going to say go. you need to clarify that statement, there, Max. You're about to get <laughs> yes, there. I know. Yeah. I know. Because because none of them are defendable because they're all defendable. Indefendably <laughs> defendable. Yeah. So the, the first yeah. goal. The first goal, obviously, Suchet's got the freedom in the box, and we touched on that. The thing I wanted to ask about this was what you guys thought about Backman's positioning, because obviously it's one of those goals that goes in and everyone goes, keeper's got to do better, um, because it looks ugly when it just goes sort of straight down the middle. The only justification I can make is that he's obviously not expecting that, and he, uh, you know, he's kind of already started to shift his weight to the right, expecting it to go across the face of goal. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, but I don't know, equally... There's no sign of sort of screen between Suchek and the keeper or anything like that. So I don't know what did, what did you guys make of that one? I, it's, obviously, it's a soft goal, but how much culpability, if any, do you apportion to Backman? It would be my question. I think he, I think you have to go. For, I think you have to move. You have to make a move because look, it was it was evident that he had already um, he was off balance 
um, because he was expecting that ball to go in the other direction. But there was a good second there where he could have um, dived to the left and attempted to get something on it. If that ball had been more in the corner, he wouldn't have had a chance. But because it was close enough to him, I think if he makes a move for it, he has a chance of saving it. So I think, I think someone else in that goal saves that or gets something close to it. So I was disappointed that Backman didn't, you know, seem to move. But you know, it, it, it's, it's, it was a very fast-paced effort. He was off balance. These are things that you can you can point and say, you know, that's fair. But I just I want to see my goalkeeper moving. <laughs> yeah, that's something that's fair. I mean, look for me. Go. Look, I urge you to go back and watch this goal as we're discussing it right now, and look at the look at the movement of look at the defensive movement of Josh King, Chicha Hernandez, Sissoko before the ball gets played into Bowen. Just look at those three. Just kind of isolate those three and look at how they're moving towards the ball. And then again, the same when two, when the ball comes out the right hand side, how's two fan moving? It's slow. It's um. It, it, it's not. There's no, there's no real pressure there. It's just very methodical and slow, or lethargic and slow. Sorry. And then by the time that ball comes back into Suchek, Sissoko's flat foot and he's not able to get across. But just look at how, how we try and close that ball down, and how we try and win it, win it back. We're not trying to win it back. We're just trying to be in, the, be in a position to, to, to make West Ham move the ball. There's no attempt to actually turn that ball over, and it results in some easy movement through the middle and it's a quick goal and the Batman could do better I think you're saying what you're saying is correct he's kind of got his foot on his right hand he's kind of got his weight on his right foot um, and he's out off balance and can't get across but it's the build up to the goal for me which is just it's not the same team it's just not the same team it's not how you defend yeah. it's not how we look to defend um, and you know we're going to we're going to have chances created and, and scored against us because we're not good enough to play in that way we haven't been for a number of years um, but especially this team um, with some of the players we have missing and also just the, the standard we're playing and we can't get where we're doing this and it's it's kind of suicidal. Second goal? I mean, it pretty much came just a, a minute later, didn't it? <sighs> That's the thing as well. Do you know what? That It was it was already inevitable they were going to go uh, ahead after equalising. You thought they're going to get another one here. It just, you know, it was, it was so soft, wasn't it? The, the, the resistance was so, so futile. Again, it was this one where if it's not Ben Rama, it's someone else. They were just queuing up, and that's what really, um, really stood out for me. I must admit, I must admit, I haven't watched it. I've watched it back, but I haven't kind of watched it fully. I've just watched the highlights quickly, so I don't know if there's you know more systemic issue earlier on. I suspect the answer is that there is. Well, Dennis loses the ball on the halfway line, ran towards his own goal. Um, he tries to do a little bit too much, kind of. What he didn't, the way he tried to play out of his own half and got managed to win the ball back in the first half, uh, sorry, earlier on in the first half, um, he, he kind of tries to play the ball a little bit too much. He's running towards his own goal, gets charged down. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's a goal that effectively comes from our own throwing, which is just, you know, it's, it's very frustrating. Um, actually, I might be, actually, no, sorry, I'm giving Dennis some stick here. I'm maybe misremembering. It's actually Femenia that loses the ball. Um, he tries to move towards his own goal and gets take, yeah, gets dispossessed. And then, um, yeah, I mean, once that once that happens, the ball slipped in. We're kind of running towards our own goal, and it's just better running from from Suchek to kind of pull at the back post and leave some space for Ben Rama. It's it's just a better. They just beat us in every in every way there. Um, that we could have been better defensively for sure. It's just not it's just not good enough, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Messina can probably get closer to his man, and who was who was it that comes in? Ben Rama comes in at the right at the end there. Who was tracking him? It looked like it was uh, two fans. And actually, the man that comes yeah. into the picture right at the end. I don't know who was. I don't know yeah. who was on him. <laughs> Messina positionally terrible all game. I mean, I know this probably this probably isn't news, but he just you know just 
I just honestly, I don't, I don't know where he thinks he's playing some of the time. It's that bad. Well, in his defence for the second, I, I don't disagree. But in his defence for the second goal, once for many loses that ball, your back line has to shift. Uh, effectively, Sirial is the right back. Cathcart and Masna have to be the centre backs, and you worry about the left backs up to the up to your winger's job. You hope someone can get there. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate. It actually kind of doesn't even come to that because it does come from that kind of middle area of the goal. But it, it's it is his positioning was poor, and it, you know it, it's it's just this goal watching it back. I know I'm sorry if it's a bit disjointed because we're kind of watching it back as we're discussing it, but the, it doesn't get any better the more you watch it. And I mean, equally, that goal could have easily been another pass from Ben Rama and Suchek's in for his second. So there were lots of opportunities, as Tom says. It's not just a kind of one situation goal or one possibility of a goal we're talking about here. It's a number of opportunities for them in that one passage of play. It comes from some poor um, some poor play from us. It comes from our own throw-in. Um, so if you're going to give up chances like that, then you're going to have a, a long, long day, and we did. In fairness to Backman, he's got that goal covered. Um, and if it wasn't for that nick from, from Massena, then... Um... You know he's making that save, so it, it, that's you know good, good work from the goalkeeper. It's just unfortunate that that Massner has, uh, you know, made that kind of half block ahead of him that hasn't really done anything other than put the ball past his own keeper. But and if you watch the the view from behind the goal as well, and you see you kind of get a good view of how the team are kind of back to defend, and. <laughs> Although the goal didn't end with Suchek, I, I think if you're kind of looking at this as a, as, a, as a chance, you look at Suchek as actually having the best opportunity to score here if it can be laid off one more. And Suchek, oh, Suchek runs past Tufan to get into the box. Like it's not, it, it's not good enough at all. Tufan's jogging. He's, he's, he's not sprinting to get back into position. Suchek's doubled the ground that he has and is in this position to score a goal. It's the only time Tufan sprints is when Suchek's past him. It's just, it's non-aware. Um, it's not it's not good enough and honestly it's indicative of the performance of the team as a whole not just two fans although two fans is one of the easiest to pick out um, but just go, again go back and look at, at this movement and go back and see how we're defending because it's not just one player and whilst we can put we can put blame on the defence because the defence simply weren't good enough and in large, in large parts aren't good enough but um, for today especially, you look back at these goals and you break it down and there's there's culprits all over the pitch. It's not just a case of us not having a good good enough back line. Whilst it is a big part of it, it it's not entirely that. Well, a lot of the time so far, we've been blaming the midfield and I'm going to continue to blame the midfield for the third goal because I, I feel as though Kuchka should not be chesting that ball back to Backman in that position there. And I think he's... Start with Massena though. He's sold him, but okay, start with Massena then. What, what was your uh, opinion there? I mean, ducking, ducking that, ducking that header, and and and, and gambling on it going <laughs> out. I mean, we've literally seen Truth of Kong do the same thing, but it, but it, it's just, I mean, it, honestly, it's the half step up to sell it, which even makes it worse, isn't it? But he, I mean, it, I get what he's doing. Obviously, it's it's clear what he's doing, but it's just he's just not in a position to do it. Like, there's just not he's not in the area of the pitch that he. He should be comfortable enough that ball's going to go out. The trajectory of that ball, it's not a given that it's going out at all. Um, and yeah, what happens after it obviously isn't great at all. Um, but I, just to see a, a goal come about starting from that, it's just, it, it's insane, honestly. It's just, you can't defend like that at any level. And and we have. And it's it's it's, it's eventually led to a situation which is us conceding a penalty. And as you say, I, won't, I don't mean to interrupt there because there's, there's stuff to talk about on Kuchka and Backman. But um, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to make sure that the Masna's um, part in that goal was at least discussed. 
you know, I, I, I'd forgotten about about uh, about Massena actually. Yes, which says a lot, doesn't it? When there's so many errors in, that mm. take part in a goal, that you forget about a defender ducking out of a header and expecting to go out of play, and it gets taken away anyway. No, you're right. Carry on. Um, well, all I was going to say was that um, if I'm if I'm the goalkeeper there, I, you know, I very often put myself in in those shoes just because that's the pit, part of the pitch I know the most about. Um, I'm very upset because I you have to go for it if you once that's been played back to you you have to try and do something um but you know i'm gonna be very i'd be very cross with kutchka for putting me in that situation the stupid thing is kutchka's an experienced player you know he's he's literally the oldest player on the pitch for us international of however many caps etc played at a very good level for a very long time okay he's out of position he's been pushed to right back but you know you just it makes you more cautious surely you just play the way you're facing everybody knows that in those situations. So just put it out. There's no shame in giving up the corner there. Um, I feel like Batman maybe could have done more to communicate with him in the first place to say, right, you've got time to do this. You haven't got time to do that. But, you know, he just, he, he stitches Batman up basically. As you say, Batman ends up coming out of it looking like the idiot that's cost us because he gives away the foul, but he's got to go for it. Uh, It's it's an obvious penalty. The second he, the second he does. Um, But if you're Batman, you're absolutely furious there with with Kuchka because he's 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 stitched his mate right up. It could have been three one just before that as well, had it not been for the the challenge that was spotted by Varon Dennis. I mean, it could have ended up five one today, couldn't it? That would have been uh, hmm. I mean, four one is already bad enough. But and those are the kind of goals where I just feel like that's not a clear and obvious error. It should have just been allowed to stay. That's just that's just like the the TMO in rugby going. Oh, is there is there any reason why I can't award that try? Is there any reason why I can't award that goal if I wind back half an hour? Oh yeah, someone did a foul throw twenty. Do you know what I mean? It's not a clear and obvious error. So it was a, it was a reprieve, but we we deserve to get get what we got basically. Um, apart from obviously when it benefits us uh, in a, in a meaningful game, where obviously it'd be a disgrace that that goal was allowed to stand in other circumstances. No, I do agree though. I think that you, there is actually an element of. I can I can sympathise with um with that train of thought that it does kind of you are looking for something as far back as possible and it was a foul actually but it it, it I don't know I, I think I it was the right decision it, that obviously. was that was given by VAR to bring it back because that moment didn't it was it was from that pass that led to the the goal wasn't it or was it a few passes later was it a few passes yeah. later or was it that uh, well, I mean, it was, it was in that phase of play at the very least, wasn't it? So it's still irrelevant. It's still definitely relevant. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's just something that feels a bit off about it. There, there, there was a moment later when Watford um, got themselves a free kick because Shiralta uh, uh, had pushed uh, Antonio into Kuchka, I think. And Watford were about to take the free kick. And I, I almost felt at that point, well, the best we can get here is some kind of uh, corner because if this goes in, it's going to VAR and it's being overturned because that was a foul um, from from us. It wasn't a foul to them. So, you know, it's sometimes you get you get moments like that where you're like, well, there's no point even playing this action here because, you know, if it's a goal, it's not going to be a goal. So, you know, I, you know, I, I would have been happy for that to happen because I, I felt as though the, the early one that was ruled off uh, by VAR was correct as well. So, but, you know, it's... I, I, I don't mind VAR, to be honest. I, I think it gets decisions right 95% of the time. Yes, it slows things down a bit and it takes something out of the game a little bit, but I'd rather decisions be correct. But you're right, Tom, how far back do we actually go? I think that's a that's probably a, a topic for a different day, but yeah. Let's get back to uh, hurtling abuse at Watford. <laughs> 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 no, I'm, 
It's cathartic, if nothing else. What goal are we even on? Annoying as well. That was the third one, right? Uh, that was the third one. No, fourth. Yeah, so it's fourth, fourth, fourth <laughs> no, goal yeah. now, yeah. Yeah, continue. It seemed to me like Kuchka got pulled away from his man to block maybe the far side of the goal. Is that what he was trying to do? But by going towards the ball, he's, he's, left, uh, he's left his man you know, free and able to tap it in. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to watch it back as well to jog my memory. Uh, let me just is, is it Kral is that the other man that's Kral there it back now, there's someone wait oh yes Kral isn't it who runs off so if it hadn't it's alright if it hadn't come to Kral then it comes to Vlasic but again it's just soft soft go on yeah Syriatic does get beaten yeah but just again for, for example I mean I know it's late on the game we're 3-1 down 90 plus minutes so I understand but Cathcart and Cathcart and Masner's positioning from that throw in they're so high up you know, fine, you're defending a throw-in, but Cathcart getting back into the box as as Syriad is being beaten is just, it's just, it's not even a jog for Craig Cathcart. Craig Cathcart's not the fastest sprinter as is, but if Craig Cathcart's not even jogging to get into the box, it, you know, it's, it, you're never going to, you're never going to have a successful defence against that sort of play if you haven't got your players getting into position. So, um, you know, you can you can put players at fault and there's there's plenty of opportunities, you know, Syriad gets beat, but at least Syriad is in position. Um, which is the minimum you can ask of your defender, but there are plenty of players that aren't in position there. Look at look, just go back and look again. Look at how Cathcart's getting in there. Loser, you can criticize that too. Sissoko, these are all players that are just jogging towards an outnumbered box, and it's just it it's not good enough. Again, what did you make of Sirius? Of course, he was back in the team after a long time out injured. Uh, I think the majority of Watford fans were pretty pleased that, to see his name on on the starting eleven. Did he have the impact that people were hoping for? I thought he was fine. Um, I don't think he was bad. I thought he was he was getting into Antonio. He's you know you can expect the head and the stick stuff from from Sirialta, but he's also got a bit more than that. He he's one of those players who's going to tackle everything that moves, and that's fine. That he he was good. I thought in in a lot of areas. I don't think he he struggled. Um, he didn't look like he had a lot of time out. Obviously, he didn't really get to use the ball too much, and a lot of defensive work he was asked to do. It wasn't too. It wasn't necessarily the most testing for him. He. He kind of did his job and he won his jewels and I can't really criticise him too much. I think he was a threat at the other end too. He almost scored a good save from Fabianski at the end. Um, I still think he should definitely be one of our starting centre-backs going forward, personally. No, I agree with all that. I think, actually, if you look at it, although the goals were um, soft in isolated moments, you know, there was the, 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 it was the trend pretty much was that it was a kind of cutback or a cross into the box finished off. I don't think their, their centre-halves individually or, or as a collective, I suppose, is the point actually did particularly badly. They just exposed that weakness in the in the fullback areas and obviously with Kiko going off as well, you know, it didn't that probably didn't help with, with Kuchka going into an unfamiliar position. Um but you would say regardless of even if he came out of today having had culpability on all of the goals, you want to see him starting, I think, because Trusty Kong just needs some time out the firing line, if nothing else. What do you reckon of, of Backman today? Uh, we've we've mentioned him a couple of times uh, being possibly at fault here and there. What, what, what did you make of him? I don't think he was particularly bad. I think he was unfortunate in some of the goal situations. I think he was unfortunate for the penalty. Um, I think it could have been he could have he could have been in a better position for some some opportunities. But it, it was one of those games which don't feel like he had a terrible performance. Don't feel like he was great. Um, but I don't know. I think the problem with Backman is a lot. Of, a lot of the criticism of him is coming from his off the field stuff rather than his necessarily on the pitch uh, performance. Although there have been some errors there and some issues discussed too. 
Um, but I thought he was just fine, personally. Okay, fair enough. Um, that's five defeats in a row now for for Watford. Um, does Ranieri need to take any criticism? Or is it more of a case of the playing staff he has to work with? Um, what, what, what's your thoughts on that one, Tom? It can be two. It can be both things for me. Um, I think we all like Ranieri. We can all see that in certain games, the performances have been excellent. There have been improvements in some areas and there are some areas that clearly we still need to improve in. I think we can all also see that there are just areas of the team that are below the required standard and we have to get to January and, and, and improve those areas of the team. And I said this to you guys off air before we started, you know, we can't like Newcastle fans or Newcastle just go, oh, but it'll be fine in January because we'll be able to spend money and replace these idiots then. It's, it's, you know, you can't just write off a whole chunk of the season. We've had Ranieri since it came in in October, and we all know about the hard run, but or was it even September? We all know about the hard run, the fixtures, but you can't just write off every game until between then and the January transfer window opening because we're definitely going to sign some better centre-backs. We might not sign better centre-backs in January. We might not. It's not as easy as going, we need a centre-back here's the money, give us a good centre-back. It's, it, it's just not, you know, then they have to bed in, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's January's not going to be the panacea to all the ills of this team. And while, as I said at the beginning, if you're not going to just pick up your man in the box, you know, there's only you can only teach people, you can take a horse to water, you can't make it drink. But at the same time, he has to find a way to make these horses drink. And at the moment, I'm seeing very little evidence of that. So, that I saw people going, oh, you know, media spinning their kind of anti-Ranieri um, agenda, you know, Pozzo's going to f- sack another manager. I don't think it's inconceivable because it's what, two wins now. It's just <sighs> that you can argue about the reasons until you're blue in the face, but the job of the manager is to improve the team and win football matches. And if he isn't holding up his end of the bargain because everything else is stripped away, the academy, the medical you know, the nutrition, the sports science, all that stuff is stripped away from the manager in this day and age. The recruitment, your job is to take that team and make it better on the field. And obviously every team has got a ceiling and we know we've got championship defenders and championship players in several positions. We're all painfully aware of that, but you have to find a way to improve. It's not enough to go, right, we're going to write off half the season, but by January we'll sign Virgil van Dijk and, you know, I'm trying to think of a good centre-half, Rafael Varane, not that he's been brilliant for Man United, and everything will just click into gear and we'll suddenly be brilliant and we'll storm it in the second. It just doesn't work like that. So for the first time, personally, I feel like he might want to look over his shoulder and there is some criticism to be levelled at him. It's all very well and good playing well against Chelsea uh, and thinking you deserve more, but you don't get points for good performances. You get points for winning performances and there haven't been enough of them. Rant over. Yeah, I think I think it's it's tough. I don't think you bring Ranieri in to to move on from him before the end of the season. I think you have to you have to give him that time. I think we've seen enough promising points from him in the early games, and, and I think the problem is the Man City and Chelsea game seems so long ago now, and these are games we lost that we're discussing. So, um, but I do think the signs were there, and I think if anyone comes in to fix this team or to help this team just get over the line and stay up. Um, it, it requires it requires a lot more than just a change in personnel. We do need some additions in this in the squad, no doubt. Um, but you need to have a coach you feel like can get something out of these players. And I still think that Ranieri 
is more qualified to do so um, than than some of those that would come in. I think he's more. I think he's got the ability to to do that. Um, but it's going to still take a lot of work. And I think no matter what we do, mm. it's going to take a lot of work regardless. So I think we need a balance. We need a, little, we need a couple of signs. We need to see some some positivity inject into the team. Um, I think we have to play in a positive manner. I think Ranieri is going to going to be able to address that to some degree. But um, I personally wouldn't be looking at him to or looking at moving on from him. I just don't see. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I I don't think changing Ranieri is really. Even even the question here, actually, because like you said earlier, Tom, you could bring in, um, you know, Guardiola right now and it wouldn't change the way that, that, you know, it wouldn't change the fact that Watford have the players that they have. And, you know, I don't think that, that kind of manager would, would, you know, would be able to, you know, quality as he is, do much about what's going on. I think Ranieri is a good fit for what Watford have at the minute. Um, but I think the, the, the question is, Jordan, can, should Ranieri be taking any portion of blame for the performances that we've been seeing? Okay, yeah, sorry if I misunderstood that question. I mean, look, yeah, he should, of course, he should take some blame. Um, he's a component, he's a part of it. And I think kind of what I touched on earlier on, we, we saw there's definite, a definite change in approach, for sure, no doubt. There's there's change in approach how we play today, but there's also a change in, in the execution of the players. Um, we saw how we how we started performing um, shortly after the uh, disallowed goal for West Ham. Um, and we can see there is more within us, but it's, it's never a binary one or the other situation. There's always some grey to it. There's always going to be elements of both, and clearly both are having an impact right now. But I do have faith in Ranieri, possibly more than the, the group of players, to up performance and turn things around a little bit. And I, I just think that if you're going to give criticism to him, then yeah, sure, he should be open to criticism, no doubt. Um, but I think it has to be objective. For, for the record, by the way, I, God, I don't mean that my rant to mean uh you know that the sum product of that is that Ranier should be under pressure or should go but I think for the first time you do have to or I feel you know I feel like you can't just exclusively blame the players for recent performances and results and certain today that came to a head you know he's kind of been held up as being bulletproof to this point because we recognize what he's achieved and the good points about him and uh and so on and so forth and the bad points about the playing staff. But yeah, today for the first time, all the mitigating factors aside, I just feel like, you know, there is there is reason to criticise uh, Claudio. And you definitely have to look at the other side of things as well, because in his defence, he's only had one full day to work with all of his players. Several of his players have suffered with COVID recently. And of course, you know, whenever you're, you, you have, um, you know, flu-like symptoms, you're going to be, you know, out of it really. And, and it's, it's probably very, very difficult to get back into playing after several days, maybe weeks, even out, you know, with, with that kind of a condition. Um, they've also suffered with uh, injuries, uh, you know, non-COVID related injuries, just, uh, you know, all sorts of different uh, things that people are, you know, are carrying on with um, in some instances or in some other instances, completely out of the game and trying to find fitness, and, and recuperate and rehabilitate and all of that. It's, you know, it's a very depleted squad and Watford had to name several under 23 players on, on the bench today. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, he's not got the, his strongest squad to, to work with. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a complex, fluid sport and there's always going to be impacts from from the players and the coaching staff. It's always going to be kind of a, you know, it, it's, a, it's a collaborative thing. So if you're criticising one, you're, you're in effect criticising the other no matter what you do. So, 
Um, if if anyone's opinion is that Ranieri's solely to blame or, or, or solely not to blame, then I, I think it's fair to say you're probably just wrong. So that's... Only a Sif deals in absolutes, Jordan. <laughs> I'm glad we managed to get a Re- Revenge of the Sith quote in there. No, it's, it's good. You're welcome. You're welcome. Anytime. Um, right. Okay, then. So I suppose we could probably add one small section underneath uh, the game and say positives. What what positives did we see today um, that, you know, that encouraged us? I, I think Shirauta has to be, it has to be a definitely positive, right? Yeah. I enjoyed his dispute with Antonio throughout the game. That was probably a highlight. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I mean, it was great. It was great to see such a boisterous, um, combative defender who wasn't, you know, letting his man go easily yeah. while staying just about on the line of uh, of fair. <laughs> yeah, the the highlight when we got when he pushed into the back of Antonio, Antonio fell to Kuchka, and we got the free kick. That's probably the best part of the yeah, game. Yeah, that was amazing. Obviously, okay, obviously <laughs> the goal for Dennis was a, was a plus as well. That was that yes, was great. and what a, and what a fantastic goal. I mean, that might even go down as as potentially being. Even a shout of goal of the season. I mean, it was it was it was really really well worked. Particularly as he had several opportunities to take it before he did, but he waited for the perfect moment when he knew he had the best chance to score. And I think that really was credit to him. And to shoot a cross goal um, from that position with a, it's, it's a very excellent strike. It's a smart finish and um, also sent Dawson into the shots, which is nice as well. So yeah, that was nice to see. One very quick thing on Dennis, which is a positive to come out today and might be the positive. I see Claudio Ranieri said in his post-match press conference that Dennis may not go to AFCON. Uh, something to do, the the quote is kind of a bit of a mess, but something to do with the email arriving late and potentially Watford having therefore the choice whether to <laughs> release him or not, uh, rather than being obligated. Oh, really? Yeah, so, I mean, given we've got two good players and one of them's injured and the other one now might be going to AFCON... Um, we could kind of do without uh, losing him. The man, if the if the kid wants to go, let him go. For God's yeah, sake! But... Oh no, I'm all for letting him go. But if there's any technicality, if there's any technicality, no, I know. Then <laughs> I know what you're saying. I'm more of a general point. You can't if you if if a if a guy really wants to play for his country in it <laughs> in in uh, you know a, a big competition, you're not going to him and turn him the emails and the pro- It's just you can try that, but you're not getting the best out of Dennis. I guarantee you. Probably yeah, true. I mean, also knowing about um, Dennis's personality, if you're t- if you're telling him now after he's made the decision that he wants to go, you can't go. That's that's not going to be good. Interesting that's though. I'm curious to see how it pans out. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. I had no idea that was said. So I'm um, I'm kind of intrigued as to how that one's going to going to play out because if we really do go down that route, that's going to be fascinating. Mm. One more thing on the on the performance today. Uh, I think it was quite notable that Watford had made all three of their substitutions with 30 minutes still to go. Clearly, there's you know some fitness issues, as you might suspect, given that they haven't played for quite a bit of time. I was, you know just I wondered what your thoughts on that were. So, was Kiko? Did he have an impact injury, or was he? Did he pull something, or what? Oh yeah, that's that's true. He for went many, off. Didn't for many, he did go off. Half time. It appeared, yeah. Um, but the other two, yeah, uh, I'm not sure what they were. Yeah, I think the second one was an injury as well, wasn't it, to Hernandez, or was that just um, the fact that he was Un- unclear? Unfit? I wasn't sure. Honestly, I wasn't sure with the, with the other injuries. I think um, Femenia had an injury, I suppose, like a, a knock at least. Um, but I think there was an argument for Femenia being hooked anyway. Um, and then the other two, I'm not sure they were tactical or if, it, if there were injuries involved, honestly. Mm. But I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone felt particularly inspired when we saw um, Sema warming up. 
uh, or felt like this could be a real change to the game. I think Pedro coming on did make a difference. Thought Pedro was quite good when he was when he was actually involved, and he uh, he was kind of our brightest spark in the second half. I thought so. He tried to make some changes. I think that even if there were injuries, they were still relatively positive changes, and well, they were positive changes, and um, it was kind of unfortunate that we didn't really get more of a benefit from them. Did Semmer make any uh, influence in the game? He. Did he touch the ball? He, he got the ball, yeah, a couple of times on the left. He, he he added a bit of width to the team, but it wasn't really anything that was nothing to really even comment on, was it? Loser. Where do we stand on him? He's got he, to be starting for me. He looks increasingly useful. Yeah, best best player we have on the ball mm. in terms of just keeping that possession, allowing the midfield yeah. to tick over a little bit. And I think he's he's integral to that. And also what's, what's great about Loser is that he fits exactly what we want to do when we are playing a little bit more aggressively off the ball he's great he's great at pressing he's got a good engine he's smart in how he how he defends and he's also someone that's capable of you know playing the ball forward and allowing us to progress a little bit so for me it's an absolute no-brainer that he's part of the midfield I think you could argue he's the most important part of this midfield I think it's become quite clear that the best midfield we have available to us is uh, a combination of loser Sissoko and, and Cleverly <laughs> awkward pause <laughs> or maybe you disagree with that one no. Yeah, I mean, there's well, no, there's definitely an argument for that. I think I think cleverly gets ahead of uh, Kuchka and uh, who else was there? Two fans. But then if Atiba comes back, where do you stand on that? Oh, isn't Atiba more of a direct replacement for loser? So wouldn't it be between those two for that position? Or would you disagree? I, I would. I mean, we've played a midfield of we've played a midfield of cleverly Kuchka and Sissoko, who are all got some similarities. I think I would I would happily have Atiba in there. I I wouldn't take loser out for anything, honestly, personally. Um, at this point, okay. um, but I th- I think so um, you have a Tebow loser I, I think... and two fan maybe or someone playing or or, or Sissoko, Sissoko even right. I don't think they, like, our, our midfield as far as I'm concerned if we're going to play to our best ability we're not looking at our midfield as a, a as a creative unit we're looking at them as if they're going to create it's from winning the ball back and then and then we're in a good position to attack that's what I think of when I think of us being good in midfield right now I don't think no matter who we have in there. Um, I don't think we have a single player in there that's good enough to suddenly make us an attacking outfit from midfield. I just don't think that player exists for us um, currently. So if I'm looking at how we're going to be effective, so defensively, we should be pretty good. Leg-wise, we're pretty good. We can turn the ball over, we can press high, um, and we can create attacks from there. And that's that's the way you force the opposition to make mistakes, and that's how you get your chances. And for me, if we've got a front three like we do, um, or like we can have a potential to have um, with availability, then that's that's fine for me. I just don't think we're going to see someone coming in there and, and, and be in that number 10, for example. Moving on then, uh, and Jordan, we've had a few questions, several questions, in fact, that have come in. Uh, we may have answered some of them through the general chat, but let's go through them, uh, fire them off, and uh, and, and yeah, sure. answer some right. of them yourself. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, we'll, and we'll see uh, what we can do. All right, let's go. Um, okay, so questions have come in. I've got one from Mark here. Can, and I'll leave this guy, we'll just leave this as like an open answer. We can all have an answer at it. One of us, whatever, where before, like if you have something to say on it, say something of it, let's discuss it. Um, as, as anyone who's asked these questions, if someone's kind of asked the same question as you, we'll still read the question out, we'll wrap the answer into one because we might have already covered some of it anyway. Um, okay, so from Mark, first up, can we now officially call this a relegation battle and why is losing not starting if 100% fit? First off, relegation battle it's been a relegation battle since the first kick of the season right I have to assume so yeah I thought it was a relegation battle from the opening day yeah yeah but I but I mean I understand what you're saying you, you maybe have some higher 
um, expectations. And we have been the, the last time we got promoted. I think it, we we felt halfway through the season we might not be looking too much at relegation battle. But um, yeah, I think this one is definitely that. And in regards to loser, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I was under the impression there was there's probably some some fitness concerns. Um, is that what you guys thought? You can only you can only put it down to being perhaps not you know 100 percent because otherwise surely you've got to have him nailed down as yeah. a starter. I can't see I can't see a tactical reason really behind not playing behind him not playing. Um, I can only assume at this point it was just a, a fitness issue. Perhaps he's we don't know who had COVID. Perhaps he's recovering from COVID and wasn't fully. Fr- I, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. Um, there's definitely something there. I wouldn't. I would be very surprised if it was purely um, a, a tactical point. Um, okay, uh, next one from Nick. Should fans think of this as another loss to a top tier Premier League club, or does today's loss prove Watford are a bad team? Um, yeah, difficult one. This wasn't it because going in, you have to remember that West Ham are having the season of their lives, and they're battling up there. You know, to be finishing in the top six this season which you know is for West Ham a fantastic season but you also have to look individually at the players they have available to them you have to look at the fact that we were going against a team that had been playing a lot of football recently maybe they had they potentially you know coming into this one maybe a bit tired Uh, you know there's all sorts of things I didn't have this one down as a 4-1 defeat I had this down as a closer battle in my own personal head so I was I'm I'm very gutted today that it's ended up the way it's ended. So I wasn't looking at it as a Watford versus a, a you know a big team type thing. But what, what did you reckon, Tom? Was that Tom? I lost you at the end there. No, John. Sorry, mate. mate. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> that's fuck. That's what my name. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think it was a confirmation that we are a bad team at the moment. That is not irreversible. I don't think West Ham had to be particularly good, but you know they are a decent team, but they didn't have to be. Um, particularly good and that's what would, would worry me because that, that, that's the sort of game in my mind that can go either way on a good day we can get the result on a bad day something like that happens today was obviously a very bad day um, but you know we, we can't be writing games like that off uh, in terms of where we're going to kind of collect our points so it's, uh, it's, it's damaging certainly Player for player right now are Watford that far behind West Ham? Yes Quite a way behind you think so, really? I, I, in certain areas of the team, and you talk about depth too, I, I think for me, just to answer that question, I think, yeah, it's a it's a top tier, um, or kind of in that second tier Premier League team right now, that is where they are based on kind of current situation at West Ham, for sure. And they, they're a good team, they played well. But for me, the, the way we defended, the way we attacked, just the way we performed within ourselves, there are certain things, certain aspects of the game you can look at from Watford perspective, which really aren't so much West Ham related they're very Watford related and we just weren't we weren't good enough in situations we should have done better regardless of opposition I hate to keep I know I've banged on endlessly about the City and Chelsea games but they were two teams we played against who were significantly better than us and better than West Ham and we were still able to do these things so I think the answer is yeah they're they're a better team than us Um, it's top tier team but also it does prove we're a bad team I don't think we have to be a bad team for the remainder of the season I don't mean player for player were terrible but if you look at today as a team as a collective we were a bad team today and um i think we're just kind of i think both of those statements from nick are pretty spot on Interesting. Um, in terms of west ham being better than us player for player uh, i think if you look through the squad i think you would feel that there are 
there are plenty of players that get into that into that West into that Watford team. Sorry, from West Ham, but not just that. It's the it's again the collective. It's the impact of the manager too. It's the way that team fit together. Um, we have a few square pegs. We have a few issues like that. But we also have some 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 bedding of the manager to still go through. Um, Moyes, you know, he has his detractors, but clearly he's done a good job at West Ham. And they're now at that comfortable stage where they're able to make these tweaks and they can get through these sorts of games and they can they can pick teams apart like us and they did today. So yeah. Fair play. Next question. Next question. Um, so this one was said by a couple people I know at least. Um, so I'll I'll say both of them now. Luan's friend of the show and also Kieran Reese. Um, look, how long do you give before Anyeri walks? Um, when he's left with one, when he's left with one absence away from a Gosling, <laughs> Kushka, two fan midfield when the windows are let down again. Sorry, that's a terrible reading of the question. But how long do we give for Ranieri? Um, before he walks, so that's a different question. We can't. Oh, before Ranieri the... walks, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not not before we get rid of Ranieri. Is Ranieri going to re... would you, would Ranieri resign? Would he be within his right to resign? Would you kind of understand that happening? If, if we were Ranieri, would we walk away? That's also part of the question too. <sighs> I think Ranieri needs to feel supported, and this January window will be crucial to whether he feels as though he can do the job that he's been brought in to do. I just don't think there's. I don't think this is. I don't see Ranieri walking because, to be quite honest, I don't see this as even the even the smallest slight against Ranieri in his career. If, if we get relegated, because he's this is one of those tasks where he we're expected to perform poorly. And the more you look at this team, and the more you watch them, and you look through the squad and availability, it's not it's not like he's massively underperforming. Even though we can see there are areas we could do better, um, we're talking about Ranieri kind of just feeling like he's it's a job that he can't take on. I just think he's at the stage of his career now. He's going to finish. He's going to finish the job, um, but I'm sure he's frustrated. I'm sure he looks around and watches us score, concede two goals in a minute, and you know that's not what he's coaching us to do. And I, I know no coach is coaching their teams to do that, of course. But um, his standards are They're pretty rubbish. Guys. Yeah, yeah. They don't often make guys, it to Premier League. Concede, but um, you do expect. You, you expect. We we discussed some of the more minute details around the goals that took place, and you expect more. Um, at this point, he's been here long enough. Even the short time he's been here, it's long enough to know how to work within this team. And and the way we're performing, simply not good enough. So Ranieri, I don't think he'll walk, but you can definitely see that question going through his head. I'm sure, at the very least. I think he would be within his rights to walk away because he would think, "Pinek, what have I got myself into?" I don't think he will, though, for all the reasons you've outlined. He, you know, his legacy is secure, whatever he does, because he won the title with Leicester City. It's that simple. He is at an age where he's doing it for the love rather than anything else, isn't he? He's not, you know, hoping to get a huge job off the back of saving little old Watford from their own stupidity. So I think yeah. he will see it through. I hope he sees it through because I do like him. And I do like a lot of what he has done and is trying to do. And, and some of the good performances are very likable, but um, I wouldn't blame him for walking away either. But I think the fact that he, the very fact that he's working for little old Watford at 70 years old just tells you how much he loves the game and just wants to be involved. So I don't think there's any danger of it. Plus, it's, well, let's believe that there's a good friendship between himself and the Pozzo family. So, I mean, it was, you know, you'd, you'd think that he wouldn't want to just bail on them. But there has to, it has to be reciprocal. I mean, you know, yeah. you'd think he'd have done his homework on Watford before turning up and he'd have made his so. assessment of the, of the, of the sides and, and given that to to the board yeah. and told them you know, what his beliefs are. And you'd think that he would have said, sort out our defence, mate, in his own Italian way. 
And, um, you know, they haven't done well, that yet, have they? Maybe we will. Um, okay, next question. Next three questions in a row, actually, from Paul, Mark, and Naples. Okay, sorry about that. Um, okay, so these three questions in a row. How can Ozan start a game of professional football? What does Tufan do? What is the point of <laughs> what is the point of Ozan Tufan? <laughs> okay, um, so we covered Tufan a bit, didn't we? We kind of we have discussed that. We touched on it a little bit earlier. That I think he's just he doesn't fit. It, it it's a combination of things for me. I think he doesn't quite fit what we're trying to do this second. I don't think he's a bad footballer. I think he's going through a bad patch. He still doesn't look fit. He still doesn't look great. Um, he's just not. This is just one of those situations for me when you get a player in a bad situation with all these different factors playing a part and it just makes this horrible situation where today, terrible performance and that's going to stick in everyone's mind for a long time. What about you guys? I think if you put Ozan Tufan into a Liverpool side, people would be saying, hey, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, look, look, look what he can do. Yeah. But, you know, he needs that Liverpool side around him to do that kind of thing. And in the Watford team, he's, he's sticking out like a sore thumb because he's just not able yeah. to... To, I don't know, I'm, I'm not sure why it, there should be any difference, but there, I think there is. And I think you can say that for quite a few quality players. If you just dropped them into Watford's side now, they wouldn't look the same quality that they look playing with, um, you know, with the best talented players. Well, that's it. It depends where, you, it depends where your talents lie. Um, if you're a player that, that thrives in playing with the ball and playing in space, then clearly this is not going to be the team for you. And he's someone that does. Um, so it's, it's difficult to really kind of see the best of him. But games like today, the criticism's fair because he was simply just not good enough. Honestly, Ozan Tufan, I think that might be the first time I've seen him play, did he do 90 minutes? If not 90 minutes, then most of the game. I don't really know what he's about. <laughs> he came with a, a big reputation. I just think it's indicative of, uh, you know, trying to fit him into a, he didn't come in time much of pre-season, if any, did he? And, you know, trying to fit him into a team that's struggling, that's got, you know, changing identity, changing manager, et cetera, et cetera. There's clearly a good player there, but uh, we have not given him the conditions to excel. Uh, so He I came off after 60 every- for Ken as well. But... Right, there you go. I'll, I suspect he will be every bit as frustrated with Watford as we are with him. You don't get on a plane yeah. as a good player. And get off it as a bad player, you know. And and no, his performances it, it, at Fenerbahce was it? Uh, well, you know, a top draw. I mean, I know it's it's a different league, but and you know, Fenerbahce are you know one of the bigger sides in that division. So he, he, you know, he got space on the ball and he was able to, you know, creatively demonstrate uh, the talents that he possesses. And he's, you know, he's he's not getting that opportunity here. So maybe it won't work out for him, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, if, if Watford don't manage to give him the opportunities that he needs. But I don't think he's a bad player. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just, <laughs> just read the next. I just read the next comment. Is it time to demand responsibility from the board? They have not learned anything from their famous, from their famous lessons. I mean, I, I think the last couple of years, I think since the relegation season previously, the board has been has been definitely questioned more so than ever. Um, the, the comment I was laughing at is Andy's response was, turkeys don't vote for Christmas, which I enjoyed. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think we we do have to ask questions and I think we, we have to understand, have to accept the fact that the Potters are going to make mistakes <laughs> and they have done. Um, 
and you, know, you can include Duxbury in that too. And there's lots of elements you can discuss and we can we can look at areas to criticise. And I think that in terms of responsibility, the same thing we discussed with the playing staff and the coach earlier. The, the owners have a part in how the club is run, obviously. They have a part in, in what happens on the pitch and they have to be accountable. Um, there have been mistakes made and we still do think that in some areas we are making the same mistakes. So I think they have to be criticised, they have to be complimented when things are done correctly. But right now there are some clear... Um, clear areas that, that they have fallen short on. Is that fair? Or is that? Yeah. No, I agree. I don't think you can say much else there. Yeah. Scott had the same question. At what point does people start questioning? Um, and this is often in regards to recruitment too. Um, but yeah. So um, next one. Okay. Will we get a clean sheet this season? That's from Adam. Mm. And also Adam <laughs> asked, how can I be cheered up after that? I'd say listening to this podcast is the best way. <laughs> yeah. Good point. It cheers me up. Yeah, it cheers me up too. Uh, will we get a clean sheet? <laughs> it's pretty bleak that halfway through a season, that's a real tough question to answer. Um, you know, a lot is made of clean sheets. I, I, I don't really care if we <laughs> if we get a clean sheet as long as we win the game. I know that's quite a, a, a fickle, uh, you know, nothing supporter attitude there. But um, well, no, I think I, it's, I, it's, I just, it's fair. I, 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 I think clean sheets obviously are representative of the fact that our defence is doing its job. And that you know they're being backed up by by the midfield and and you know and the forwards are clearly you know doing something as well. But look, if we were drawing every game nil nil, or, or you know, I wouldn't be happy with that either. So, but will we get one this season? That's the question. Will we get one this season? Um, yes, we will get one. There we go. We've watched Premier League teams. We've watched Watford Premier League teams be able to defend and, and get clean sheets. This doesn't always mean positivity or success by any means so I know what you're saying it's not the most important thing I think it's just become a bit of a kind of narrative now and it's something that we've definitely we've gone without I mean we've obviously the season before Flores, didn't we? yeah and Mazzari I'm sure we had a few you know, there was, there was, football. I, I always found it a bit boring a bit boring yeah I think that's probably an <laughs> understatement it was yeah it was attritional terrible stuff by the end of it and, and they were games we were coming away with draws and getting clean sheets but it, I mean, those situations, you're kind of looking at the other end and how many clean sheets you're going to give away. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of that really sums up that question. Um, and I think that's, I think that, let me just double check to make sure I haven't missed any real quick. Tom, did, Tom, how okay. many clean sheets are we getting this season? Well, even a blind squirrel occasionally finds a nut <laughs> and we will get <laughs> one or two. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, okay, got, we still got a couple more to go. Okay, Dan. How do we address the consistent lack of guile, intelligence, and joined up and joint up thinking, both in our play as a collective and in the decision making of majority of our squad? To add, how do we put a dent in the constant stream of stupid and damaging individual <laughs> mistakes? I mean, this is a <laughs> it's a broad question. I think sell them. I think honestly, without we could do a we could do a series of podcasts trying to answer this question. That um, I think I think ultimately, and the word you kind of use there is the collective. Um, I think one thing that's that's definitely happened at the club over the last few years since that relegation season and possibly probably the pre-season to that relegation season um, a couple of years ago, I feel like we started to we started to lose track of we started to lose direction a little bit. We had certain procedures, plans in place to get to certain points, and once we reached those landmarks, I feel like we struggled to come up with a, a, a cohesive goal and how each department or the club works towards that goal and I think we've seen them kind of go in different directions and be at different levels for different times now whether that be recruitment decision making of coaches um, playing staff 
you know, ability, players on the pitch, all these things, it all seems a little bit disrupted and nothing's really kind of going together. It's all just kind of shots in the dark, it feels a little bit like to me. Um, and I think that readdressing that and, and kind of settling on a, on a way to address those things individually and as a group, sitting down and deciding how you're going to move forward as a football club and how each of these departments work together to get you towards that singular goal again. Uh, and whilst that may be more easy to focus and dial in on when it's the goal is promotion it's a little bit harder when you get up and you've got more ways of approaching your, your new task but that's something that needs to be addressed and I think that's probably the, the biggest thing I could see us doing um, in terms of addressing that situation but again that's a broad answer and each one of those points could be gone into a lot further but Tom Matt yeah um, I think without being you know intentionally flippant about it the answer is quite simple recruit better players um you know, there was there was enough good players in that team to get us up, but you can't escape the fact that a lot of that team was also there when we were relegated. And as I saw someone tweet after the game, we failed to stay up with Decore and Kapu in central midfield. We're now trying to stay up with Kutsuka and Tufan. Now, I don't think they're bad players by any means, but, you know, the point is, based on their performances, they are inferior to the people that came before them. Um, it should not be a surprise we're struggling. Uh, so recruit better players it's, it's, it really is that simple to my mind and as I said earlier get Ranieri has to really earn his corn by improving the sum you know make this team greater than the sum of its mm. parts Tom I mean Matt sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what get this John back he John, is John knows good to have four of us in the show uh, yeah yeah I can't I can't disagree with Tom actually um you need you need better quality cooks in order to get better food um, served up, and you know that's exactly what exactly what Watford need. They need they need a better cook, um, and uh, you know hopefully we'll get something a bit tastier because that was uh, you know disgusting today, wasn't it? To get Paul cooking, um, Ollie. Why doesn't lose a start? You can't recover that. Are our fullbacks just as big a concern than the centre backs? Also, backman's championship level. Do we wait for Foster or get another goalie? Let's just look at the the fullback or centre back. Which one's a bigger concern? I think Hansen also asked the same thing. Yeah, bigger problems. Centre backs or fullbacks? Oh, I mean, I think they're equally yeah, bad, aren't they? I think it depends because there's so many elements to it. If you look at the, I think we have. I think we have better centre backs than we do full backs in some ways, but it's availability. If if I if I knew if I could select a back four and say who would be starting for the remainder of the season with no injury concerns, no suspension concerns, I'd probably look at that back line and think, you know what, our stronger our stronger portion of this is a centre back. So I think if you had Nkulu Siriata and then you have your choice of full backs, I, I think I think Masner and Rose as, as a as a tandem takes that down a little bit. Um, based on what we've seen from Rose this season. I think Femenia is still... I think Femenia and Ngakia are both good. Um, they're both serviceable, but they still both lack a little that, um, in terms of what we need right now. But I think as a centre-back pairing, I think Nkulu and Siriata could be decent. So it, it depends how much you trust those players to stay available um, for, the, for the range of the season. And you know, I think if we're going to address uh, a certain position, you're definitely looking at that defensive line. And that those are two positional groups you're also looking to address. Um but yeah, what, what do you th- what do you guys think on that? I mean, for me, it's every bit as big a concern. Um, you know, Danny mm-hmm. Rose, we've discussed Messina, we've discussed. For many, we all know how good he is going forward. Um, 
Beck, I think he's one of those classic players who's like falls in that category of being probably too good for the championship but not good enough for the Premier League um, certainly on the defensive side uh, so yeah I would if I you know I think the thing is you can, you can only do so much surgery in, in one month and, and halfway through the season right if if we would if the season was to be started if you're playing football manager you would say right we need a whole new set of centre halves probably two new fullbacks at least but you can't do that in January so we're going to have to pick and choose our battles and I think centre half is the biggest battle but I would also be saying mm. one centre half and one left back and hope that a combination of Sirialta and Nkulu along with the new centre half will get you through to the end of the season I think you also have to now that we've also been told that uh, Dennis is, is off to AFCON and that we believe SARS injury is worse than it first appeared because there's still no news about that and it's not looking good. I think you need to look at that position as well. Uh, mm. The winger type uh, role, um, potentially, could that be filled by bringing back somebody like Zinconogel? We've talked about that before on the show and I don't think that's a bad shout, but um, do we need a another loan player? Is there such a player out there who would be in, who we could do? I mean... Some someone like you know when we brought in Mbai Niang and he had that kind of period where he filled a gap. We kind of need someone to fill a gap for us, I think. If especially if if Nigeria do well, uh, you know we could be missing, uh, you know, Dennis for several games. Yeah, just a bridge, bring a body in. Um, I think I, I think that's probably a fair point too. The problem you're going to have. There was a piece on the Athletic about this, but it, it is true. I just think with the if the season is evidently going to continue, players are evidently still going to be getting COVID, ruled out with COVID, games being off, etc. Clubs will be less inclined than ever to let someone on the fringes go than they may have been before. Uh, and that is where you find an Mbain Yang, isn't it? Someone who's, you know, too good to not be playing, uh, but isn't necessarily good enough to be playing for a top club. But realistically, if you let him go, you can't replace him. So they'll just keep him, someone like that. Um, we're talking about Mbai Niang a lot, but you, hopefully you get my point. It's going to be difficult to find a player like that, I think, in January. Well, maybe just maybe just bring someone back that you have out on loan. For so, us. yeah, that's it. Maybe we do, having previously, you know, it's been kind of reported by Adam Leventhal that we're not going to bring back Zinkanagel, Tom Delibashiru. There's someone else out on loan, isn't there, who's doing fairly well. Perhaps, actually, we have to look at that and say... Sorry, guys, we do need you, even if it's just as a warm body uh, in, the, in the case that we might lose players. Because, you know, you would rather have had those guys on the bench today than um, some of the, the children that were on the bench. No offence to them. Yeah. Yeah. Where is um, um, the, the, the young lad, uh, uh, Pochettino? I was surprised to see him not on the bench. Is, is he on loan somewhere? I think it's just in the other twenty threes, I believe, isn't it? Twenty threes, isn't it? I thought. I, th- yeah. I mean, given um, the fact that we had a bench full of some under twenty threes, I was surprised to see someone who I thought was on the cusp of the of the Watford squad not involved mm. today. Um, yeah, it's very hard to it's, uh, without watching them fully. It's very hard to assess those guys at what level they're actually playing at. Um, okay, so just try and get through a couple here. We've got a couple of questions regarding Kuchka. I think we did cover Kuchka. Um, fairly well I mean we definitely 
felt he wasn't up to scratch. And he's he's a bridge player himself, and I think he was you know he was here to fill the role this season, but he's obviously not a long term option. So that's some I'm sure we're looking at to replace their their place in the squad at some point soon. Um, Peter Johnson, I think knowing Cummings will arrest the fool we're having. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, we we discussed there, and Tom kind of talked about it a little bit further in regards to recruitment and how lack of incomings can really be a death sentence for us, but also why it's so difficult to get them in. I think we have to have some change. We have to see some players come in, whether it's short-term, you know, loans, bridge options from free agents or, or whatever there is. Uh, we have to try and find, or even returning loans ourselves, we have to try and find ways to be inventive and, and, and bring those bodies in, especially, as you say, um, we could be without some players through a, ver- a variety of reasons. Um, so making sure we have some cover is important. And if possible, upgrade some positions, whether it's centre-back, full-back, that would be ideal, but um, it is a big ask. Um I think one more from this. Why is the culture of this club? Why the why is the culture of the club like this? New players, but same odd weak hearts. Is the, is the team and players a reflection of the hierarchy? I don't think it's about weak hearts. Is it? It's about you know, but but there's a market we can buy in. We can't buy all our players from Waitrose and Fortnum and Mason. Sometimes we have to go to Lidl and Aldi and Netto, and you know, you just got to balance it, right? <laughs> We signed good players. We signed, you know, we signed Ishmael Assar. He's clearly at the top end of our budget, realistically. We signed someone like, trying to think of someone who's fairly cheap now, Danny Rose, you know, he was a a free agent. You know, you would try and maximise what we can get for our money, i.e. Danny Rose was a big name in England, international, Mm. etc., but he comes on a free transfer because... Danny Rose is the equivalent of the yellow sticker item in in, in Waitrose, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. That's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Nice. You like, you like, you know, he's in Waitrose, but he's yeah, got that yellow it. sticker. He's yeah, that's it. Exactly. Past his. Be- that's maybe. perfect. Actually, that is absolutely. Perfect. <laughs> um, it's you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there are players at the club who have got that that kind of weak hearts and weak mentality. I'm sure you know because not everyone can be kind of tub thumping, run through a brick wall type of person, footballer or otherwise. But I don't think it's that. I think it's just poor recruitment. I really do. You know, trying to trying to be clever but can't get can't get them all right. Um so better recruitment. I also do think there's an element for me of knowing how the club is run, um being around at the day to day basis. I, I think if I was to I don't necessarily disagree with the way we do things in terms of, of, of coaching um, and how we kind of manage our coaches and how quickly we change. I don't think I think in theory there's there's a lot of benefits for it. I think often it does pay out quite well for us, but I do think there is still um I, I think probably the biggest downside to me isn't how effective the coaches can be and how the coaches perform. I do think it does instill a little bit of um a little bit of frailty to the players in the sense that they they do they are able to kind of shift a little bit of responsibility perhaps a little bit quicker than um at other clubs. I do think there is a trickle down effect from that. Um but regardless there, there is I do think there is something that is being raised here which is true I do think we have we have lacked a little bit of that um at times and I think we've seen it definitely in the worst times it's definitely been something we've struggled to get out of and there are teams that that have bad runs and they lose um and they go down but in a, in a much different manner to what we have done um okay I think the last question which is pretty apt from uh from from david from uh from the rookery end uh do you think we're better off playing harry the hornet and graham taylor statue at center half go <laughs> <laughs> um well i don't know i haven't seen him play uh, but i have seen him move and i know that harry the hornet has got some moves on him so 
Maybe. The Graham Taylor statue is pretty big too. Am I right? I feel like it's slightly bigger than life size, isn't it? The Graham Taylor statue. I'm trying to remember how it looks now. Uh, well, he's seated, isn't he? So no, I know. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's a. I feel like he's quite even in his seat. He's quite. It's not life size, is it? It's like a slightly bit, like a little bit bigger. Yeah, no, it's a little correct? bit. It's a bit bigger. Yeah. So he's probably he's probably got a decent header on him. Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be a rock. It'd be a rock at the back, wouldn't he? <laughs> I don't imagine. I don't imagine he moves fast though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty fair. Although honestly, I'd probably stick him out of fullbacks. Honestly, that's where I'm at. All right, so I think that covers most of the questions, um, if not all of them. If we didn't get to them, then apologies, okay. but I think we did. And some of them were answered in other questions. So that's pretty much everything done there, I think, guys. Thank you very much for all of those questions. Last thing I will say, did we have any reviews before we head off or no? No reviews, sadly. No reviews yet. No. Jesus Christ, no, no reviews. No reviews. But oh. I am uh, delighted to announce that we do now have a Patreon um so for those of you out there who have contacted us um in the lead up to christmas actually saying um thanks for all your work guys and you know i'd like to give you a pat on the back and and buy you a christmas beer as well um if you would like to you can actually now because because <laughs> we have a patron um so you can find us at uh what was we called we were called um oh guess what patreon.com forward slash watford buzz podcast uh, and if you'd like to buy us a beer um, it would be very much welcome but um, no obligation to do so of course this podcast is free and shall always be free if you just want to buy Tom some seeds for his allotment that would be greatly appreciated or uh, <laughs> yeah any of these any of these hot not this time of year mate I'm not nah not this time <laughs> of year you're more of a coffee drink anyway aren't you uh, Jordan you, you, you coffee you... Well, I'm, no I'm a big coffee beer drinker beer, no? No, I'm, I'm, are you a, beer, you're a big beer drinker yeah, oh, yeah, no, okay. I'm, I'm I'm one of those hipster craft beer guys. Yeah, oh, I do yeah. love a hipster craft beer. Yeah, <laughs> I do yeah. love a hipster. Yeah. I had the, yeah. I had the um, uh, the what was it the, the advent calendar, the beer advent calendar this year. Nice. Has anyone had that? Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. I know there's several. I mean, there's several yeah, out yeah, there, but yeah, yeah, that was great. Problem yeah. is, it piles up because you can't always drink every day, and then you've got like three to get through in one day. And you're like, crikey, that's a lot of beer. But it's, it's for me anyway. I mean, I know. It's, it's a good problem to have. Good problem to have. Fuck. He called you Tom today. What's going on? <laughs> I've not spoken to all three of you for so long. I can't get. Who's hey, who. I called him. I called him um, John. <laughs> John's been pretty quiet since you said that, though. Knows his place. Um, <laughs> um, thanks very much. I mean, right. I mean, just one more question right, here, guys, and that is uh, Spurs up next. Um, what should we be doing to to prepare for that game? Testing positive for COVID, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Spurs. Spurs have, have turned a corner, haven't they? They they started off the season poorly, but they have suddenly come into a lot of form. It's it's not a good time to be facing them, really. Honestly, I would. It's not a good time to be facing a football team. Yeah, <laughs> for us to be facing eleven footballers is an issue. So. Um, in terms of what we do to prepare, I think it's just just try and recapture some of that some of that performance level we've seen um, prior to this like mini break that we've had, and, and see if we can uh, actually get something positive because we do have some of the assets to do so if used correctly. Yep, starting loser, definite. Yeah, for sure, no question. Um, and hoping to see a final goal from from Dennis before he before he leaves. Yeah, I, I, but actually, Luz will be off as well, won't he? But both of them, both key players, both off. 
Yeah, I'm ending this in a very depressed note. I haven't even mentioned the fact that Lewis is going to be off, but sorry if I depressed you or now. So, yeah, yeah, I think we'll... Final uh... words I'll say here is congratulations <laughs> okay. to Camille Conter, who uh, made it onto the Watford bench. Uh, he celebrated his birthday only a few days ago as well. He was a boxing gay baby, and he uh, celebrated by uh, being on the bench for Watford, which is a, you know, a big milestone in a player's career. So um, well done to him. Unfortunately, he had to you know, be involved in some way in, in that dreadful performance that we saw today. But onwards and upwards is what I say, and we've got Spurs coming up next. And, you know, we... Every game is different and we could go out there and absolutely smash this one and be completely forgetting what happened today. But fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yep, agreed. And congratulations to uh, to John for making his debut today. Yeah, well done, John. <laughs> All right. Catch you guys in a bit. All right. Thanks for myself. Thanks for Jordan. Thanks from Tom. We'll see you on the next one. But until then, enjoy the rest of your Christmas holiday and uh, enjoy New Year's Eve as well. Goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. <laughs> Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.